happy anniversaries, huh? What a blessing to be able to be here and look all the rich history that lays behind us and the bright future that lays before us. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. <clears throat> have two objectives today. One is I want to nail down and clinch the nails on one salient truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you lay your head down on the pillow at night and the lights go out and that time between the lights going out and when you finally drift off to sleep and the accuser shows up on the other side of your pillow and begins to raise the doubt of uncertainty about where or not you're going to heaven when you die, I want to put that to rest today for you. So in the greatest storm that life will ever throw at you or will ever hit the cusp of this earth, you can sleep calmly like a baby through the midst of it because you have this one fact nailed down for certain. And for those of you who don't know him, the second objective is you might hear this truth today and hunger for that blessing and come and ask him to be your Savior and your Lord. I am uh, fragile in health a little bit. It's the reason I asked for Keith to tell you not to hug me. Not, not that I don't love you. I just have to be very, very careful. Um, if you'd like to read along with me today, scripture will be in John chapter 6 and John chapter 10. We live in a world of uh, broken promises today. That's on a scale I have no way to conceive it could ever be this way in this country. From the White House to the Poor House, on every level of life, promises are made and broken every day. And some of those promises can be rather unsettling, some of them life-threatening, and some of them absolutely appalling. If you have a Ford or GM or any other brand of vehicle and the warranty is given to you by the manufacturer of that vehicle, it's only as good as the paper it's written on and the willingness of that manufacturer to do what they said they would do as long as they're in business. If they go out of business, what do you do with the warranty? I'm grateful for Social Security and the other things that this country has invented to give hope to those in our, of us in our declining years, but it's only as good as the government lasts. And I'm not so sure it's good if the government lasts. But if it doesn't, we're all doomed. So what do you do with a guarantee that you're not sure about? You always have doubts about it. But I'm going to give you a guarantee this morning that's based on this promise. The guarantor, the guarantor will never perish. Uh, many years ago when I would go to visit my friend Rob Patton and I'd quote him a passage of scripture, he'd say, is that in red? So after I picked up on that, I would never quote him another passage of scripture what I would say, and Rob, that's in red. So what I want to share with you today is in red, okay? <laughs> it is from the lips of our Lord himself. And uh, I use this very often in 
memorial service for people who passed on who were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But today I want to call your attention to it and ask you, really check up. Look down in the deep recesses of your heart. You don't have to look any further than last night. When you closed your eyes to go to sleep, were you worried about tomorrow? Where you would be if you didn't wake up? John chapter 6, verse 37, the Lord said, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Let me give you Ralph's translation. He who ever comes to me in faith believing there are no conditions under which I will turn him away. So I don't care what you've done and who you are and where you've been today. If you come to the Lord Jesus Christ believing in him as your redeemer and your savior, there are no conditions under which God will say no. First objective is for that. Second objective is for those who have made that commitment and listen to the rest. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which come he hath given me, I should not lose, I should lose nothing. It should, they should come and I will raise them up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that, which cometh unto me cometh unto the Son and believeth in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. It's the confirmation of what he said in John 3.16. Whosoever believeth in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. It is the promise of God upon every believer who truly accepts Christ as Lord and Savior that they have a home eternal in the heavens as sure and certain to be there as long as Jesus is alive. In fact, in John 14, 19, the last of that verse, Jesus said, because I live, you live. Not because I will live, not because you will live, because I live, you live. Did you know that the Christian is always living in the permanent, in the present, I mean, always living in the present. Not in the past, not in tomorrow. We're in eternity today. Eternity doesn't measure time in years and days and months and hours. It has no measure. That's why we look at it and it's timeless. It's forever and forever. So, beloved, I want you to know one thing. Close your eyes tonight. Rest on the certain promise that God has made from the lips of our Lord himself. When you wake up tomorrow, if it's not here, it'll be in his presence. Let's look at John chapter 10, beginning at verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I will give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any one pluck them out of my hand. In the, I believe it's 139th Psalm, there's a verse that says, If I catch the wings of the morning and ride it all day long, wherever that takes me, when I arrive there, his right hand, right hand, will uphold me. You know who's, who's at the right hand of the Father? Now, I figured that out. Light's 136,000 miles per second. And if you ride that all day long, 
It's 10 trillion miles. That's an earth measure. Wherever that is, I'm in the hand. He said, no man, no man can take him out of my hand. All the devils in hell can do all that they think they can do. And they're absolutely powerless to touch that that's been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Write it down. Bend the nails. It's settled. Man, I have to ask you this morning, are you sure of that? <clears throat> it's one thing to claim it. Another thing to live it. So let me give you a measure how you know. What changed in your life when you met Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about what you quit doing. What did you start doing? Did you find yourself a church somewhere and get in it? Did you start praying? Did you start studying his word? I'm not talking about read it. I don't have much stock, but I read it through every year. Uh-uh. Do you study it? I don't care if it's one verse and you read it over every day for 30 days until you understand what it means and what it says. You haven't studied it. You need to learn it. And in the hour that you need it, God will call it to remembrance and you stand on the strength of his word. Did you start tithing and giving to the Lord? Have you started telling others your story of what God has done for you? Have you started working to help bring others into the family of God through caring ministry and witness? What have you changed in your life since you met the Lord Jesus Christ? If there's been no outward change, there's been no inward change. The devil will sell you a lie every minute of every hour of every day if you'll allow him to. But I'll tell you this day, if you go to the Lord Jesus Christ and get what I got, It'll be different when you get up. It'll be different than the day on after that. It doesn't make any difference how many times you say it until it rests in here and changes from the inside out. Heard the story of a little Baptist boy and a Catholic boy were best friends. Played together every day years and years and they prevailed on their, upon their parents to let them uh, visit each other's church on Sunday so they went to Catholic church first and as they went through the genoplex and crossing themselves and all that little Catholic boy explained to the Baptist what all was going on okay went to Baptist church next Sunday he did the same thing came time for the message and the preacher walked up the pulpit laid his Bible down unbuckled his watch, looked at it, and laid it down. And the little boy from the Baptist church didn't say anything. And the Catholic boy said, what does that mean? He said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> the length of a service should not be measured apart from its content. Some of the best messages I ever heard were some of the shortest. 
If I had the strength and grace, I'd preach to you for an hour and a half this morning. I don't have that. But these two truths I do bring. Know this and settle it once and for all in your heart. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are alive. Alive forevermore. If you do not know him, I have one prayer for you. God, touch your heart. And tender it. And you come and receive him as Lord and Savior. In between that, you may be like some folks I've counseled through the years. And, um, you've confessed the Lord Jesus Christ. You go to church. You do all the outward things and everything else. But that gnawing question keeps digging at the back of your mind. digging. At, you don't talk to anybody about it until it gets to the point where it, it's unbearable. Then you might go ask somebody. But let me nail it down for you. This, this thing of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is not like an ocean wave. It's not good today and down, tomorrow up and down. You're not saved today and lost tomorrow and have to be saved all over again. It doesn't work that way. This is a covenant, a contract, a transaction, if you will. God made a promise. If you do this and this, I'll do this and this. And if he doesn't keep his promise, he's not God. God cannot lie. And if he's not eternal, we're serving the wrong one. But my point is this. If God said it, you truly believe it, you allow that to rule and govern in your life, what more proof do you need? Rest in this promise. Jesus said, of all, all that the Father's given me, nothing, no one, no power, heaven, earth, or above, can take you out of his hand. When I read that and hear the Lord Jesus say that, I'm reminded of Stephen on the day he was being stoned to death. And he looked up and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father and left here in the solid hollow of his hand. Are you in that safe place today? <clears throat> Kingdom Quartet, or King, Kingsman Quartet, many years ago, put out a song that has a wonderful illustration in it. Back in the days when most travel was done by railroad, this young man was sitting beside an elderly gentleman in a car and had his head down and almost sobbing. A senior adult reached over and tapped him on the shoulder and said, son, I don't mean to interfere, but looks like you're troubled. I'm a, I'm a retired pastor. Could I help you anyway? He said, Preacher, I'm sorry to tell you, but he said, I have a godly mother and daddy. I run away from home when I was a teenager. They haven't known where I am for over 20 years. But I got my heart right with God, and I sent mother and daddy a letter two weeks ago that I'd be on this train. It goes right by our house, 
And in the backyard, there's an apple tree near the railroad. And I told them if it was okay for me to get off and come home, tie a handkerchief in that tree. They said, I've been so mean, preacher, I'm afraid I can't go home. Would you look for me? He said, I will. When they rounded the bend, the preacher raised him up and he said, son, you don't have a thing to worry about. That apple tree looks like it's just white blue. I want to tell you today, God's apple tree is in white bloom. All you need to do is come. I am, I think, says softly and tenderly. I always love this. Jesus doesn't come and rest you with blaring cymbals and yelling voice, but a still, small voice that whispers in your heart, come to me, come to me. You remember Elijah in the mouth of the mountain after the confrontation with Jezebel's prophets? He wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the wind, and he wasn't in the rain, but in a still, small voice, God spoke. As we stand and sing this old hymn of invitation, I say to you this morning, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. If you need to confirm this morning your relationship with Christ, you come, but above all, above all, if you need to know Christ as Lord and Savior, don't let the devil talk you out of it. All hearts and minds clear. I'll say it one more time and then I'll be quiet. Don't leave this place without doing business with God. Preacher Ralph. God used you this morning, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. You heard the man of God deliver the word of God. And then we watched the Holy Spirit of God do the work of God through the man of God delivering the word of God. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come here today to worship you and to praise you, Lord Jesus. For the words that we've just heard today, Lord Jesus, Lord, that we know that we know, Lord Jesus, that we're going to be in a new home, with a new body one day. When we lay our head down at night, we'll know what we can wake up to the next day, whether it's in heaven, Lord, or on this earth, Lord, we know where we're going. Lord, I thank you for that word preached today. But, Lord, most of all, if there's anyone in here today that did not uh, come forward today, Lord Jesus, I pray before they leave this building, they'll see one of us or see the pastor and talk to him about it, Lord, and turn their life over to you, Lord Jesus, that they can have this eternal salvation. Lord Jesus, that you offer all. Lord, as we go out to, sh to share our meal today, Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for the food that we're going to eat. Thank you for the hands who prepared it. Lord, I just want to praise you for that. I lift up Brother Ralph to you today, Lord Jesus. I lift him up on high that you just touch him and his family, Lord Jesus, and bless him for the work they've done. Lord, help this revival start with us today that we might present the gospel wherever we might go, that we might share and tell others about you. Help us to make believers, help us to make disciples, and help us to multiply our ministries. Lord Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.